Hi everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year first of all. And I know you haven't seen me for some time, but I'm so glad to be here. There's lots that have been happening and I have had to stay away so I can reorganize myself and readjust myself so that I could be here with you today. I have a wonderful person here with me and her name is Bobby Parrish. Now, the topic today is about helping trauma survivors build a life, build their life, they love and to live. So we all want to live a good life. It doesn't matter what trauma we went, we have gone through. But this lady is an unstoppable person. You know, she's been through so much in life to the point where she suffered, her mental health suffered. And she ended up being homeless, had a disability, and also had to end up in psychiatric. And on top of all of that, despite all of that, she did not allow anything to stop her from pursuing the things that she wanted to. She ended up going to postgraduate school. And whilst there, she um, decided that she was going to do counseling and to contribute to you know others who have been through trauma. But lo and behold, she was told, you have nothing to contribute. I am so grateful that Bobby Parrish did not listen to her naysayers. And she trusted her instinct, uh, which was her intuition that, yes, I have something to offer. She went on to write a book and in 1999, publish it. And that paved the way for her to the point now where she have an international foundation where she has coached over 500 coaches to coach others with trauma. So I'd like to introduce you to Bobby Parrish and to hear her story, hear where she started and what made her the unstoppable person that she is, that she's using her gift to, to really help others. So here we have Bobby and Bobby is here with me and we are going to just have a conversation that is just going to light up. So what we would like, if you have any questions at all, you can put it in the comments in the chat box and we will see them and then we can have a, we can answer it, whether we answer it uh, um, during the conversation or we answer it after we will communicate with you. So everyone, thank you for being here and we just hope you enjoy this conversation. So Bobby, I introduced you slightly, but if you want to go ahead and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, then that would be one. Yes. Well, first of all, Verna, thank you so much for having me here. Um, you and I have had a tiny bit of time to connect and I feel a real kindred spirit with you. Thank and I'm you. so grateful that you have allowed me to come and share my story. And, and I share my story because I want people to know who've been really hard places that they can have a life that they love no matter what they've been through. So I grew up in a home where my mother didn't want to be a mother and she didn't want to be a wife either. So she essentially gave me to my father and said, here, take her and leave me alone. So for the majority of my childhood, I spent being my father's surrogate wife. And that was just devastating. 
and I had severe depression for many years, bounced in and out of the psychiatric ward seven times, um, was homeless for a while, disabled, couldn't work, and just really struggled. And in trying to get help was labeled a difficult patient because I wouldn't get better the way that they wanted me to get better. And unfortunately, I think I suffered almost as much trauma at the hands of the system that was supposed to help me as I did in my childhood. And so eventually got to the point where I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to try and help people. But you know, like you said, when I went to grad school, I was told you have no potential to contribute to the field because of your mental health struggles. And that hit hard. That hit really hard because it just piled on top of what I'd been taught as a child. You're not good enough. This is happening because you're bad. You're not worthy. But like you said, it was like, I, I don't think I can believe that. I don't, I don't think I could take that in. So yeah, I, I wrote a book and then you know, practice in the therapy world for a while and switched over to doing coaching, trauma recovery coaching. And mm -hmm. in 2017, launched the International Association of Trauma Recovery Coaching. And over five years, we have trained uh, more than 600 coaches Same. to go out into the world and help other trauma survivors. And uh, it has just been amazing. It is the uh -huh. most amazing. Thing to make a difference in someone's life. I can just imagine, you know, uh, uh, it's just so much. Uh, when you think about it, we have been programmed so much. Uh, I just yeah. want to give a shout out to Michael Terry. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. It's really lovely to see you here with us. Yeah, in terms of uh, we've been programmed so much as kids uh, and we take that into our adulthood. Absolutely. That, uh, we are no good, we can't do anything. We are, instead of, you know, responsibility wasn't a thing that was a good word. It was like a bad word. You're not responsible. Uh, and on all the, when, when would you take responsible for such and such? And you grew up thinking that that is a bad word, being responsible for anything at all. But actually it's not, but you've been programmed so much to think of it as a negative word. So yep. having to reprogram yourself yes. and to think that, hey, I am good enough. I am worthy. I am important. I have something to say. I have a story that can help others to, yes. to heal and to yeah. help themselves. You know, so in terms of all the things that you've been through, I'm so, so glad that you did not listen to the naysayers and you have helped so many people and maybe others that you don't know of who you have who may have been listening to you and have um, got something from it so you know having had to be a, a sexual partner for your dad how I mean, I'm asking the question, but I, I think I know the answer. How did you, did you spiritually came and did you find that at that point? Or is it when you do all the other traumas and that piled yeah. up on top of that, that yeah. enabled you to become so strong, that enabled you, gave you that strength, that enabled you to yeah. 
to become that overcomer, that unstoppable person that was willing to persevere. Because I want yeah. people to listen that when they go through trauma and they go through something, um, yes, don't see it just as a battle, but see it as something to overcome. I am just going through, I'm passing through, I'm not staying yeah. here, but I am yeah. on a journey and I have to get over on the other side. So talk to us yeah. about that journey that you had to take uh, that yeah. got you to where you are. I know you talk about briefly, but I think there is a lot more underlining that got yeah. you to where you are. You know, I think one of the most important things is that I had to learn what it meant to love myself. You know, growing up in the environment I grew up in, I thought that what was happening between my father and I was love because that's the only loving type of relationship I had. I mean, my mother was like, I don't want anything to do with your annoyance. Go leave me alone. So the only example I had of love was what was happening between my father and I, which was obviously in the opposite of love. And as I cycled through these psychiatric wards, people kept telling me, well, nobody's going to love you unless you learn to love yourself first. And it was like, I, I don't know how to do that. Nobody ever told me how to do that. And when I was in my late 20s, I finally worked with a therapist who loved me. And she told me that she loved me. And it was the first time in my life I had ever been loved by someone else. And when she taught me what that was like, then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Now I know what it means. Now I know what love means. And then I could learn to love myself. Mm -hmm. And once I knew how to love myself, that's when I found my feet. Because I could, like you said, make that, you know, that connection to the universe. And I could connect with other people. But I had to learn how to love myself first. But we learn how to love ourselves by other people teaching us what that looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what help that's what happens to little kids in healthy homes. You know, mom and dad love them and they figure out, oh, okay, I know what it's like to be loved. But they didn't know what that meant. And so often the word is the word love is used, but yeah. people don't understand what, as you say, what love is. And love is kind. Love is not selfish. Love doesn't hurt. Love doesn't cause any pain. And yeah. so many times we tend to, misunderstand the meaning of the word love. But I suppose the other thing that I want to know is that in order for you to start loving yourself, how did you deal with forgiveness? Were there any oh. unforgiveness? Because to, because to move forward, you have to learn to forgive yourself because you would have been blaming yourself. You came to an understanding. You'd have been yep. having so much self-blame and, yep. and doubt and disbelief that you could have done better. So how deal? How did you handle unforgiveness? And how yeah. did you yeah. get over forgiving yourself and possibly forgiving your parents? Yeah, you know that was huge. It was a huge source of shame for me. You know, there was a point where my father cut off his relationship with me, and I was devastated. I was devastated and people listen to that and they think your father stopped abusing you and you were devastated. 
yeah, I was devastated because that was what, I mean, that was the only loving relationship I knew. And so I carried so much shame for so many years over being devastated that my father had rejected. And so I think the biggest piece of forgiveness was coming to understand what happened and why I felt the way I felt and saying, okay, well, that was because you thought that was a loving relationship. Now you know it wasn't. And it's okay that you felt that way. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. You were groomed to believe that. And even though you were told, you know, my dad always told me, oh, you seduced me. It was your, you seduced me. Why does a three-year-old child seduce? So yeah, a lot of it was, was coming to learn the truth and forgiving myself. And yes, forgiving my parents. And that's not the course that every survivor takes. And that's okay. But for me, I sat down and I recognized the intergenerational trauma in my family. And I realized how my father was treated by his parents and how my mother was treated by her parents and that it was just the cycle continuing. And so there was a level of, of recognizing that and going, you know, okay, it's not going to serve me in my life to hold hatred. It's not going to serve me in my life to hold, yeah, negative grudges and things. So I, you know, I honored the fact that they did the best that they could. Not that it was okay, but they did what they, what had happened to them. And I made the choice to let that go. Mm-hmm. So I think is, is, is when you can let go of some of that negative stuff, then that means you can call in. You first have to not carry the baggage. You have to declutter because just as you have a wardrobe and you have clothes in there, some of them won't fit you anymore. Some of them yeah. is really a dark and it is, it is like a dungeon and you just need to go in and clear and bring in the clean air so you can breathe. You know, yes. I've been reading this book and it talked about uh, um, when we take our first breath, even though uh, the doctors and the nurses was there to help deliver us into the world, yeah, we had to take that first breath ourselves. They could have slapped us how many times on our buttocks. And if we didn't breathe, we weren't going to be here. Yeah. Because we had to take that breath. They didn't have to take it for us. And when we leave this world, even though somebody will be at our bedside holding our bed and, you know, trying to soothe us, you know, don't die, don't this, don't the other, we have to take that last breath on our own. Yes. So it tells me whatever we have to do, we always trying to seek approval from someone else. But actually, we have to take that responsibility. Here's the word responsibility. We have yep. to take the responsibility to take that action mm-hmm. that will move us forward from the negative vibration yes. to the positive. And it's understanding. Yes. So what I want to know is, how did you find your spiritual self within that dynamics? Wow. So I was raised in a very Roman Catholic family, but it really had nothing to do with the belief in God. My family was very much into the culture and the traditions and the rules. So I didn't grow up with any connection to spirit. I didn't find that until I was in my 
20s. And that's what my book was about, was about embracing your spiritual life. And so I think that was really one of those times that woke another layer of something inside me and allowed me to develop that connection that I have with the universe that supports me and allowed me to, again, the, the language you used is beautiful, Ferna, allowed me to clear out more of the clutter and bring in more of the goodness. Otherwise, I don't know that I would have had the courage to, in 2017, go, I think that the, the world needs something different. I think trauma survivors need something different. Than, that some trauma survivors need something different than what's being offered. And I think I might have something I could offer and just kind of dip my toe out there. And the response was so amazing that I went, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I have, you know, sources to draw on to give me more wisdom and courage, you know, and it, and it hasn't been easy. You know, I, I have worked for five years to legitimize the field of trauma recovery coaching as, you know, a valid profession. And there have been resistance along the way, but we persist. Yeah, you have to. And this is resilience. Yeah. This is where you build your resilience. You know, it's like exercising with building that yep. resilience muscle. It yep. does not come overnight where you build that no. strong resilience because you will still have, because you've been programmed all yes. these years, you still have that negative and you have yep. to change the, the words because it's yep. all about words because it's words that they use to program us. Uh -huh. So we have to think of that computer. That's, that, that brain is a computer. And you yep. have that, so you have your subconscious mind. So you have to reprogram your subconscious mind. Yep. And whether you say it's your mantra or you say affirmations, however you want to look at it is the word, using the word. For me, it was using the word of God. And it is in use in every sphere you can think of. Well, most books use the word. <laughs> and the word is because it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, Mm -hmm. So is he. Mm -hmm. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. So it tells me the heart and the mouth goes hand in hand. So you they can't do. speak negative and expect positive. Mm -hmm. You have to change the way, or you say, most people say, change your vibration. Yep. And as you change your vibration, things begin to happen, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's like no. planting a seed. A farmer goes to the to his field and he planting seeds. Yes. So when you plant your seed, when you planted your seeds and you dip your toe in the water and you did you have people that were you were able that were able to surround you and give you the encouragement that you needed to push you forward? Or did you just have to rely on my, for me is God for other people is the universe is the same yeah um, because he created it all how did you do that how how what what was who did you rely yeah. on what was it was you rely on? that's a really good question you know and when I was a child to have been courageous would have been dangerous 
because if I had been courageous in the face of my father and my mother, that would have they would have seen that as an act of rebellion. So it took me a long time to be able to be courageous, to learn, like you said, to build that muscle of being courageous. And it did. It came from the encouragement of people. It came from my connection to spirit, source, universe. And it also came from when I dipped my toe in and I saw the response of other people. 99% of the people that come into our program are trauma survivors themselves. And they have that lived experience of knowing what it's like. And so they come into this program and I tell them my story and I say, so it doesn't matter where you've been. You can go someplace amazing. And so every time I get a chance, every time I'll tell you, Verna, it is so amazing. Every time I have a coach come in who's been really hard place and they go out in the world and they do this work, it is mind-blowing. And every day I'm like, how lucky that I get to help someone who has spent their life being told you're not good enough, that I can help them build that muscle and go out in the world. And now they get to use their lived experience and their skills to help other people build a life they love to live. And it's like these amazing ripples in the water. And I started out as a one-man band, but now I have an amazing staff that, you know, that we have and we you know, we're all absolutely committed to this work and we support each other and resource each other. And that makes it even more amazing. But I think you have to have both. I think you have to have your own internal connection. And I think we need the external connections. I mean, are the human beings are hardwired for connection. But most of us as yeah. trauma survivors, connection was yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So we isolated. Yeah. Because the other thing as well, you talk about, they will see that as rebellion. But I remember I was told, if you told anybody, I'll kill you, you know? So you were being threatened. And as a kid, being threatened, you're thinking, oh, no, I need to shut up. So your voice has been taken away from you. Yep. And even when you told, told those who were close to you in family connection, they didn't believe you either. So... Mm-hmm. Who do you turn to? And this is where my my spiritually my spiritual life began because I was going to Sunday school and I knew that Jesus loved me. And if Jesus loved me, it didn't matter who didn't love me. <laughs> so I started with that. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. So my strength came from him. I didn't have strength to, to do all the things. But he was there. He was my protector. He was my guide and all of these things. So as you say, you have to build that. You have to build and you have to come from within. And for somehow, I didn't grow up where to hate. I never allow hate to enter my heart. Dislike? Yeah, I dislike this or dislike that. And no, what happened was not good. It was not good at all. But the moment you allow hate to enter, so I want to I wanna find out, did you find yourself, besides having to love yourself, understanding what love is, and uh, the unforgiveness and forgiving yourself, right. did you find there was any hate in you that was going to stop you? Because hate and fear are brothers and sisters. Hate wow. and fear are brothers and sisters. So did you wow. did you did you have how did you deal with that? How did you deal wow. with the hate and the fear? I think the only person I ever hated was myself. I hated myself because I, I was so ashamed. 
And so for me, the hate and the shame, the hate and the self-shame came together. I hated myself. I never hated my parents. I, I'm not 100% certain why, but I never did. I, I was angry about what happened, but I never hated them. I think I very early on connected with the tragedy that they came from. But fear, wow, yeah. Fear ruled my life for decades absolutely decades you know i took in the you're not worth anything i took in the it's all your fault your blame this wouldn't have happened if you'd been a better daughter and i feared people i feared connection because connection had been what had brought me so much harm and so it took me yeah it took me decades to be able to come to a place where my days weren't ruled by fear where I had enough sense of safety in my body, and like you said, in my heart and in my mind, to let that courage go from a tiny flicker into a flame and, and not yeah. live my dear. I, but, but yeah, the hate was towards me, it was never towards them. And it's quite easy to see that because, again, this is where the shame and the fear, because if I say something, people will think I'm not good enough, yep. I'm bad, I'm the reason why it happened. Like your dad said, you seduced him. I don't understand how a child could seduce an adult. But they have this weird thinking and the child did it. So you you tend to like hold on to it because again, it's a programming that it was is. instilled. And I suppose in your coaching practice when you're doing that, um, do you find it easy for the coaches to... We because in order for them to go out and be coaches, coach others, yeah. they have to reprogram yep. themselves. Yep. So do you find that some are able to do it better than others, or you find that they adaptable? They are able to understand what has happened and yeah. that they can't carry the un you know clothes that don't fit them anymore. That doesn't fit you. Yep. That's not who yeah. you are. You need to let yeah. that go. And you need to yeah. put on the new armor, the new clothes yeah. and everything like that. And you need to yeah. safeguard yourself and surround yourself with the, the right type of people. We do a lot. A lot of the work that we do in the program is in, first of all, helping our coaches to understand how their trauma impacted them. I am a big believer in never asking my clients to do anything that I haven't done myself. Yeah. And so as we go through the course and we talk about things like how did your trauma impact emotionally? How did your trauma impact you relationally? We ask them, you know, the program has homework, it has required reading, you know, and their homework assignments are to take what they learn in class and apply it to themselves and to look at how did your trauma impact you relationally? How did it impact your relationship with yourself? And how did it impact your relationships with other people? And so we ask them to take the material and apply it themselves first before we then ask them to apply it in the setting with clients. And we also teach our coaches about about how important it is how they show up when they work with their clients because if they need to show up we teach a process of being centered grounded and anchored that they're in that positive mindset that they're in that beautiful parasympathetic ventral vagal energy that they're connected to their highest self their authentic self when they coach because how we show up when we coach someone else makes a huge difference so we do we we talk a lot about it and we you know we let them know from 
them from the beginning of the program that, you know, the personal work that they have done on their own trauma is a very important stop on the journey of being a good coach. Mm, that's fantastic. So we talked about love. <laughs> we talked about unforgiveness and forgiveness. And we talked about fear and uh, shame. I want to go to compassion and self-compassion. How did that impact your your life? How did you you understand it and how did that move you, shift you from one place to the next? Yeah, that was a game changer. That was a game changer for me because again, I didn't I didn't grow up with that. You know, my parents certainly had no compassion for themselves. And I didn't even begin to be introduced to having any compassion for myself until I started working with that therapist who taught me what it was to be loved. But then learning how to have compassion for myself is still a daily practice. It's still a conscious daily practice. Making that connection from myself to the universe and drawing that energy into myself and, you know, going through my day and saying, you know, I still say things to myself like, oh gosh, you just really screwed that up. Okay, wait a minute. Stop for a minute and apply a little bit of self-compassion here. Because again, if I can't be compassionate with myself, I can't be compassionate with my client. And compassion literally rewires, Mm -hmm. it rewires our brains. It's a huge component of neuroplasticity. And when I can sit with my clients, and I do it all the time, Verna. If I have a client say something like, I did it just a couple days ago with a client and they were saying something negative about themselves. And I said, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Just stop you right there just for a minute. I'm going to reframe that. Yes, that was a struggle. And maybe next time it's going to look different. So I always stop my clients when I hear them bashing themselves as gently as I can and say, oh, let's look at that differently, look at that differently, you know? Or when they say things like, oh, you know, uh, every day is just so hard. I'll always say, right now, but we can change that. Or if they'll say something like, you know, this thing at work, you know, I can never get it right yet. You can get it right. Right now it's not working, but let's see what we can do. What resources do you need? What do you need to tap into for it to be right, you know? So it's a whole, it's a, it's a, sometimes it's just a very, very baby steps process. And I know it has been for me. It it always is with my client and I'm always, always, always helping them reframe and look at themselves with those new muscles in that new light of compassion because it does rewire the brain, completely rewire the brain. It's like looking in the mirror. You need to see yourself in a new light because every day is something new. Mm-hmm. Every day is a new beginning, is a fresh yes. start. Yes. Because yesterday is gone. Tomorrow right. we're not sure about. But mm-hmm. today we are here and yes. we need to embrace it. We need to enjoy it. We need to appreciate it. And I think it's getting to understand that. Understanding the the, the presence of now. Understanding the yes. power of being now. Of being in yes. that place. And not thinking about tomorrow. Not worrying about what happened yesterday. Or yes. what tomorrow will bring. Tomorrow is the future. Mm-hmm. But today. Otherwise you miss today. You miss the little yeah. things that uh, yeah. you should embrace. Yes. And you miss the the small good things. Not every day is filled with, you know, rainbows, huge rainbows and giant starbursts of awesomeness. But 
every day is filled with small, wonderful, good things. Even if it's, you know, the barista at Starbucks that looks you in the eye and genuinely says, have a good day. And, and, and I think we have to always be mindful and, and let those moments, even those small moments into our heart and receive that. You know, the, I think the universe is trying to tell us a million times every day that we matter. A million times right. every day. We just it woke you up this morning. It woke you up and breathed. You were able to take that first breath. I was able to do that. Wow, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm alive. What do you want me to do today? Who do you yeah. want me to bless? Who can I be a blessing to? Yeah. You know, and so many times we, we don't see those things. Mm-hmm. And we are so wrapped up in ourselves and what we didn't do yesterday and what we're going to do tomorrow and all of these things, then, you yeah. know, it's by enjoying that. So we have a few more minutes before we wrapped up. And I just wanted to, something came when you were speaking. I think I lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I think it was about, we talked about self-compassion and mm-hmm. compassion. And it's about having that empathy with others. And it's understanding, that understanding yeah. that we could sometimes get frustrated when somebody don't get it. But it's going back to what you said as well about your parents being hurt by their parents. And I suppose that is a generational thing because their parents was hurt by their parents and is having to understand that because for me in understanding how to stop abuse and there's abuse of all different types there is um so when we talk about domestic abuse because that was an abuse on you and that was sexual abuse it was emotional abuse it was Mm -hmm. your your mind health it was abuse. It was, um, in a way, it was a physical thing because it kind of destroyed your the one gift, the, the gift that you have been born with to be able to give to your husband, your virginity, was stolen from you. Just somebody stole it. Just had their wings and their fancies. So you don't have that gift but uh, to give, but as you grow up and you develop that sense of self and keep yourself in a manner which you then feel that purity, which you then able to feel, yes, I have let go of all that negativity and now I feel pure. And you have that purity about you. So how, um, I know I'm going into something maybe a bit too personal, but you can share as much as you want because that's what came to me. That's what led me to ask this question. How did that feel? I don't know if you're married or if you have any kids or anything like that, how did you deal with that? And if not, how how is that impacting the, the way you bring everything from the inside of you? Because that mm-hmm. love doesn't just come from the outside. No. As we talked about, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. With the heart, man believe. We don't believe with our heads. No. We believe. And we don't heal from our head either. No. So talk to us about, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I, I am married. I do have a son. 
and, Congratulations. and thank you. You know, in, in our world, in the circles that I go in, we have the phrase line cleanser, mm -hmm. which means the person in a family line who stands up and says, yeah, no, I'm not passing this down. This isn't happening for me and for my child. What happened all the way up here, all the way down? Because as far back as I can track, there was abuse and mm -hmm. trauma in my family line. And I had to stand up and say, no, absolutely not. It stops here. This isn't happening to my child. And that comes from that place of being able to see clearly and having, as you said, a purity of heart and a purity of vision of clearing away that clutter and being able to say, okay, this impacted me, but here it stops. Here it stops. And it's not going to go any further. And I am, you know, people ask me, I think a question, you know, what's your greatest accomplishment? And I love what I do. I love the the association. I love the, the teaching. But my greatest accomplishment is my son. And the oh, amazing yeah. man that he is. He's 21 now. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah. The greatest gift you can have. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I love my yeah. work. And there are not very many people in this life who get to say, I positive, I made a, I made a difference in thousands of people's lives. But my greatest accomplishment will always be having raised a young man who has a huge heart and is just amazing and who didn't get abused. Yeah. So one more thing, how did you, in order to accept your husband and to be able to become, to function as a wife where you had to have sexual interactions with him, knowing what had happened to you before, how did you deal with that? How did you handle that? Yeah, that was a, that was a difficult one because what my father taught me was that sex is currency, is that sex was the way that you purchased attention and affection. So that required a lot of work on my part and a lot of healing to be able to have that relationship. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was absolutely one of the after effects of my relationship with my dad. And that took a lot of healing work on my part to be able to do that and to be able to have that relationship with that was not poisoned or tainted by what happened with my dad. So that yeah. sex was not currency, but it was connection. That's so important for the relationship, uh, for the marriage and for what God created us to be husband and wife or, you know, to be to one another. I want to thank you so much for being so honest mm -hmm. and speaking from the heart, uh, speaking so that others can say, that yes. doesn't, doesn't matter what you go through, you can be an overcomer. You, you, are, can. Going, you are going through, you're going, you have a destination, you're not there yet. No. You are going through to destination, destiny. <laughs> you are going to reach your destiny, but you won't reach your destiny except you decide to stop and yeah. uh, and say, that's it, I'm doing no more. Yeah. But I hope today listening to Bobby Parrish story and where it took her from to where she is now. There is no impossibility to you. There's no. absolutely no impossibilities. No. You can reach the highest of heights and you can have the life you love. Yes. You can live the life you love. So we want to encourage you. So if you listen to this podcast, we want to encourage you to share it with your friends and your family. You may know of someone who is um, going through something like that right now, 
or yes. you might hear of someone who's not sure how to deal with it and how um, they should handle it and how they should come out of it. And they don't understand that they are worthy yes. and they are good enough and they don't have anything to be ashamed of, yes. but they can use the adversity and turn it into triumph, which yes. is what Bobby and myself did. So I could sit here with you and we can sit here and we can have this conversation. Now we could go on forever <laughs> with this conversation because it's so broad that we can carry on with it. And I was so excited <laughs> to come online that I didn't introduce myself and told you who I was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my name is Werner Hayward and I am the founder of The Unstoppable Life with Werner Hayward. And the podcast, you will find it on um, Spotify. You will find us on um, Apple and Google and other places. So if you like this podcast, I'd like you to share it with your friends and your family. We will have all the recordings up when we finish. This one is going out live, but we would have it on the different channels. Uh, so if you want to follow us, we would have Bobby's details as well will be there. So if you want to connect with her, you can connect with her. But this podcast was designed to really bring topics from men and women who have been through certain things in life and they have become unstoppable. It made them unstoppable. They just yeah. decided that, listen, my life does not end here. My life is much bigger and it's much greater. And this is what Bobby had decided to do. So Bobby, if people want to connect with you, can you tell them how they connect, even though we're going to put it in the yeah. details? Would you like to tell them how to so? You bet. So you can find my website. It's thetraumarecoverycoach.com. And you can connect with me there in terms of my coaching work, but also in terms of the certification coaching programs that we offer. So, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and uh, email at bobbyparish at International Association of Trauma Recovery. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you. I am... Um, I am blessed to have you here. And I'm great. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for connecting with us and, and, and being a, um, a host, uh, a guest on our podcast so that we can help others. And it's all yeah. about the work that we do. So I appreciate you and I, um, I count it a blessing to be with you and uh, get to know you. And I hope as time goes along, we get to know each other a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more yeah. so everyone thank you for being here with us we appreciate you we appreciate you sticking with us you know some of you have come on and go off and come on and we appreciate that because we know you might be at work or you might be looking after the family or anything like that. But once again, this is the Unstoppable Life podcast with Werner Hayward. And you can find us on Spotify and any of the channels that you like to listen to your podcast. So, so once again, take care and God bless. And I will speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>